another exciting edition of Legends in the Dark, brought to you by Caffeine. If you see if you see us and we haven't had any yet, please just leave us be. My name is Jay, <laughs> and I'm Leslie. How are you doing today, Leslie? Not too good. I haven't really had that much caffeine, so maybe you should just leave me be. I probably should. <laughs> it's going to be a really short episode, then. <laughs> right. It's really weird because I'm so used to going out and, you know, getting coffee that, you know, before we podcast, that the last couple times we haven't podcast, I just made my own coffee or made my own tea. But today I was like, oh, you know, I should, it's really warm today. It's hot. I should really, you know, hydrate and drink water. Now the same effect. It's so hot out. Milk was a bad choice. <laughs> Not kidding. Like, I hate having cereal in the morning and then going out because I always think that, like, the minute I'm drinking my milk for my cereal, I'm all like, it's bad choice. Right. <laughs> I have coffee right now. I know. I just have water. <sighs> coffee sounds good, though. It does. <laughs> Always. So, how have you been? Been good. Chugging along. Trying to make it past summer. I know it feels like I don't know why I feel like May and June went so fast but July maybe it's because it's hotter feels like it's kind of dragging for me mm-hmm. yeah it does feel a bit draggy doesn't it <laughs> but I'm fine but I'm fine with everything else so nothing new yeah, that is a new Enough of your pointless drivel. Let's get to the stories. <laughs> I know. Let's get to the story. So tonight, I think we have something special. We, usually how we do it is we want each find a story to tell the other. But uh, surprisingly, we keep, both came up with an alien abduction story, which is really random because usually, you know, you'll have a cryptid, I'll have a mystery, you'll have a ghost, I'll have an unsolved mystery. Like... It's we don't usually hit on the same topic, and we didn't even plan it this time, which is which is kind of cool. We're bringing it to you tonight. <laughs> I don't think we've really had. I mean, I had the Men in Black, but I don't think we've had really a lot of UFO or stories. Not even like some ghostly light stories. Okay, so I'm going first tonight. You are. Okay. Because I said so. It was my idea. <laughs> okay, so I had to do some editing because my dog walked in. And you can hear her little toes on the floor. So if she comes back in, I apologize in advance for any background noise you might hear from her. As you should. <laughs> okay. Disrespectful. <laughs> okay, ready? Yep. Okay, so my, so my story tonight, we're going to Arizona. And we are going to talk about the Travis Walton UFO encounter. So I don't know if you ever heard about the Travis Walton story. You know what's funny? I almost did that story, too. <laughs> it see, was one of the ones I was looking at earlier. See, this is why we should actually, you know, plan out our stories. <laughs> one of these times, we are going to just come at the same time and be like, okay, I got this great story. It's A, B, and C. Like, be like, oh, I think we have a problem here. <laughs> one of us is going to have to change. <laughs> Like wearing the same dress to prom. Right? Okay, so my sources on this is Wikipedia, experts from the Walton Experience, and the Low Files, the TV show The Low Files. Begin in November of 1975 in the Apache Sitagreaves National Forest. And I apologize if I pronounce that wrong. Apology accepted. <laughs> so this national forest is near Snowflake, Arizona. 
Now, Travis Walton and six of his co-workers, while driving home from, uh, they were working on, like, in the forest, in the National Forest, and while they were driving home, they saw a saucer-shaped object hovering in the woods. Now, they all were in the car, or in the truck, but Travis got out once they stopped, and the object was uh, less than 100 feet away, he reports. They could hear a really high-pitched buzzing. Well, the friends, they all saw Walton walk up towards the saucer, and then all of a sudden, it emits this bright light in the sky. And it just, he, they see him fly across the forest, and they take off down the road. This, it, is, this, this is the one that um, Fire in the Sky is based off of, right? Yes, yes. So yeah, basically, okay. yeah, so basically, and we'll come to that later, but yeah, this is an experience was based off the 1993 movie, uh, I'm sorry, no, I almost said it, the, I said it the wrong way. The 1993 movie was based off this experience. So what happened was, then they see him fly across, they think he's dead. And they think that whatever did that, wherever this light was, wherever attacked him, is going to come after them. So they take off in the truck. And they get all the way down the road through the woods. And once they calm down, they actually decided, like, okay, you know, we got to go back. That's, that's you know, it's probably gone by now, but we got to go back for Travis. So they go back, and they see the area that they saw the saucer. Saucer is gone, and so is Travis. So they go back to the town, and what began began as a simple trip turned into this search for the friend. Soon, it was day after day of nothing. They can't find Travis. They looked everywhere, and they searched for him in the woods. Nothing. And even to a point where these friends, these co-workers, began to come under suspicion that they did something to Travis. So, meanwhile, we'll fast forward to Travis is then found later. And he comes back and he says, well, what happened was he was knocked out by the blast. And the next thing he knew, he was waking up with creatures surrounding him. And how he describes them in the low files, Rob Lowe, I don't know if you've seen the show, but Rob Lowe and his two sons, they basically kind of go exploring um, supernatural, paranormal, urban legend stories. And one of the stories is about UFOs. And so they actually go and meet Travis Walton and hear his experience. And how he tells it to Rob Lowe and his boys, it says, he quote, the creatures um, were, quote, non-human. They had large heads, large eyes, and were very slight. He tells about being kept in a small space that's almost felt claustrophobic. He talks about... Uh, not in the low files, but in his Walton experience, in his book that he wrote later, he tells about being kept in the small space and that he was taken from one room to another. And when he was taken to this other room, he blacked out when they put a clear plastic mask over his face. And then it was like, I remember like BuzzFeed also did uh, this report and they had more quotes where he describes the people almost like perfection, you know, no blemishes, smooth skin. Like, it, he had, goes really into detail about what these non-human creatures looked like. 
they put this plastic thing over his face, and that was the last thing that he remembers on the ship. Now, the next thing he knows, he's walking along the highway. The saucer is leaving him behind, and when he finally... Now, it's weird because I was looking at some different sources. I could have swore that I read somewhere one time where he actually found a phone booth and was able to call someone, like a family member. And he didn't know. He thought it was like the next morning because they left at they left work at twilight. So he just thought he was gone for a night. And they told him, no, you've been gone for five days. And I can't, I couldn't find my source on it. So maybe I just dreamt it. But like I could have swore I read somewhere or watched a documentary where it was said that when he came back, he was basically fine. It didn't show him like malnourished. It didn't show him like he didn't look like he was exposed to the elements. But don't quote me on that. I could be remembering, misremembering that. But I did watch watch a documentary uh, about him a long time ago, maybe a couple years ago. But I could have swore that's what was uh, in the documentary. But I can't find any articles about like what he went through after he got back. Anyone who was a big D.B. Sweeney fan like I was, like, I loved him when in Strange Luck. And when I heard about this movie, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to watch this movie. Of course, I didn't watch it until I was probably in the mid-90s when I was a little bit older. But I remember um, watching it and, like, they found him behind, like, a gas station because he called uh, someone, like, his family. So maybe that's where I'm getting the memory from. But I just remember, I thought it was in a documentary that it was basically, it was weird because when he came back, he didn't, he wasn't underweight, he wasn't dehydrated, like he was fine, not someone who's been gone for five days. But don't quote me on that again. A lot of people do believe his experiences, but others think it's elaborate hoax because again, he wrote a book, he made some money off the book, he made a movie, or they made a movie out of his book has gone to do appearances. He has his own uh, UFO conference. So it's kind of like people think it was a money grab. But I don't know. Like it seems I've I read like three or four different sources about his, his story. And it seems like it never changes. While other people I think would like over time. Because it's been about 40 years now. I think people would have changed or elaborate more. Or... I don't know, but more detail in, or maybe even less detail, but it seems like his, his story has been pretty consistent. But that's everything I have for the Travis Walton experience. Good stuff. But well, what do you think? Do you think it's a hoax I was a money grab, or do you think he might actually have uh, experienced something? I think he probably, I mean, the way it sounds, it sounds like he may, he actually had some sort of experience. I mean, what else could have been where he disappeared for like five days? And you think some people, somebody would pretty would would know where to find him, right? Like it's it just seems weird that like nobody knew where he was for that whole time, and can't kind of like piece back together like where he had been. Yeah, you know, I read somewhere else. I think it was on his website where they did go back to the spot years, years, years later, like fifteen years later. They went back to the spot where the incident happened, where the UFO was, and there was. A different growth rate on the trees like the, where the blast was or where this light was it seemed to like burnt the trees but the trees had a weird growth rate versus the trees around him so i mean if it was a hoax how did that happen 
that's, those are the kind of things that be like, how do you explain that? Yeah. Of course, again, like, those facts could be, like, could be fake, but uh, I don't know. It's just it's really interesting to me to think about, especially the last couple of years and all the evidence that's come out, especially from the Department of Defense. Oh, you mean like the Skinwalker Ranch where they actually sort of gave us some interesting information before the documentary got really boring? Oh, yeah. Or even talking about those three... Oh, uh, the three videos released, what was it, December 2017? I was trying to remember the year. I can't believe it's almost like three years now. <laughs> but, almost, yeah. But yeah, I always enjoy that story. Even if it's a hoax, I think it's it's a good story because it has a lot of similar aspects. You know what I can't understand, though? It seems like a lot of these UFO stories always has people visiting the people who have been abducted. But I've never read any reports that he's ever been visited, like by the men in black or by government officials. I find that kind of interesting, too. That is pretty, that is odd. Yeah, like nobody stepped forward to say, hey, you don't say nothing to nobody. No, like I even think he went on a game show that, game show a couple years ago where like you get hooked up to like a polygraph and you get asked questions or something to see if you're telling the truth. Yeah, I just found that really interesting. And like I said, I had such a crush on D.B. Sweeney when I was younger. So I totally watched that movie. And I never really knew it was based on a real experience until years later. But that's all for me. Where are you taking me? Oh, funny you should ask. I am taking us to Pascagoula, Mississippi. Ooh, Mississippi. For the, in my own words here, because there wasn't an actual title to the thing, the Pascagoula Abduction. Ooh. Ooh is right. So this all begins on October 11th of 1973, with one Charles Hickson and Calvin Parker Jr. arriving at the Sheriff's Department in Pascagoula, Mississippi, as I've already said. They frantically told the authorities that they had just been abducted by aliens. Sounds like a crackpot theory, right? But each had a puncture wound in one arm, both, both men passed a polygraph test also later on, they said. To go back a little bit little bit of ways before this, Hickson was Parker's foreman at a shipyard, in a local shipyard. The two had gone fishing after work at, a, at an abandoned boat launch and were there after sundown. Hickson claimed to the Washington Post that as he was getting ready to get more bait for their fishing, he heard a zipping sound. He looked up and saw a flashing blue light. When he turned, he and Calvin both saw a 30-foot-long object with a small dome on top. As it hovered above the ground, three small creatures emerged, also hovering. According to uh, the two men, the creatures were five feet tall with bullet-shaped heads, no eyes, gray wrinkled skin, and pincer-like claws. So definitely not quite as cute and cuddly as some of these other uh, grays, as they call them. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think I've ever heard them describe what, like, especially the one with no eyes. That's, that's creepy. Oh, God, it's creepy. The men were paralyzed as the creatures grabbed them and pulled them toward the object. Quote, I floated inside, unquote, Parker told the Biloxi Sun-Herald. Hickson claimed they were subjected to a physical examination by something that looked like a big, like a big eye a constant mechanical sound buzzing the entire time. Oh, that's weird. So we both had like this weird buzzing sound. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. 
then after everything they were just they were dropped off right back in the dark delta where they started Hickson found Parker standing up arms raised to the sky and screaming which seems weird right he was just standing there with his arms raised up in the sky, just screaming at the top of his lungs. That would probably so, be disturbing if, if I saw, like, if we, if that happened to you you and me, and I look over and you were just like, ah, up in the air, I'd be like, okay, what's going on? What did we just go through? The, the two men ran for help. This is where they bring, where we bring them back to the sheriff's department. So the sheriff's investigators at first thought the men had been drinking or lying. So after interviewing each of the men, the investigators left the room with a recorder secretly taping, hoping to catch the, the pair dropping the act once they had left the room. They never dropped any, if it was an act, it was never dropped. The two men kept talking about what they had seen and how scared they were. According to uh, Jackson County Sheriff's Captain Glenn Ryder, we did everything we knew to try to break their stories. If they were lying to me, they should be in Hollywood. Well, I mean, like, you, you know, you have someone saying that they should be in Hollywood because they're a good actor. You know, that's saying something. Because that was, you said that was the sheriff saying that. That was the sheriff's captain saying that. Yeah, so see, like, I've known a lot of police, uh, you know, and a lot of law enforcement in my life. So, it's, they can smell BS a lot. Like, they, they know. Exactly. So the incident was national news overnight, the men having conferences and cameras thrust into their faces pretty pretty quickly once the story broke. Skeptics called them liars or said that they had just had something similar to sleep paralysis with hallucinations. <laughs> this is the part that kind of made me laugh. Uh, believers flooded to the to Pascagoula by the thousands, right? Wrapped in aluminum foil and sitting on the hood of their cars all night long waiting for visitors from another world. <laughs> okay. These are the people who really kind of take credibility away from the entire thing. Like, you're wrapping yourself in aluminum foil for what reason now? That is weird. I just, I, I don't ever get the aluminum foil. I think only they know the answer to that. Yeah, I think you're right. And I want to. I want to make sure people know. I'm not. I'm not making fun. I really don't like understand the whole aluminum foil. I know because like that was the. It's always the joke when people have these experiences. Is oh yeah, where's your tin hat? I just. I never. I don't know where that came from. Like, is it because spacesuits or like? I just never know like why people do that. And I, I'm just curious about it. For your, they're trying, they're for, trying to keep government satellites from reading their thoughts. Yeah, I just don't. I just I'm curious where it came from. But anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay, so the two men, this whole ordeal, uh, or the, the aftermath of everything, affected both these men in different ways. Um, Hickson, who was 42 at the time, was also well known in the community and seemed to be more able to handle the media crush. He went on to go on you know johnny carson and dick cavett and published a book in 1983 so he he did okay parker on the other hand at the time of the incident was only 18 or 19 uh and claimed that he passed out at the beginning of the ordeal and couldn't remember what happened now from what then later on what he told the sun herald in 2018 that was the only lie he ever told because he did remember everything that happened and he was so he was so afraid that aliens had infected him with something that when he returned home from the sheriff's department all those years ago he took a he took a bath in bleach wow 
soon after he skipped town within a few weeks. He ended up getting married and got jobs in oil fields. But if someone had a job ever recognized him, he quit like immediately. He was trying to forget. He was trying to outrun it. Mm-hmm. To these, to this day, since in recent years, the uh, the area where the abduction supposedly happened was given like a historical marker. And after that occurred, new witnesses started coming forward claiming to have seen similar objects in the night on on the night in question. Basically say the reason why nobody else had ever come forward is for fear of how they would look. People are at least claiming that um, they also saw something similar to what the what those two men went through on that night. How about you? Do you believe in aliens? Yes. Well, the, and the reason why I say that is that not that I've ever had, obviously I've never had any personal experience with that, but I feel like there there has to be something else in the universe besides us, obviously. There just, there just cannot be nothing else besides Earth, right? It seems like astronomically, like, impossible. I, I feel like out of all the stuff out there this is the one area that i most believe and skeptical about at the same time and what i mean about that is i feel like how when i'm talking about ghosts with some people and paranormal and they're more like i want to believe but i'm a skeptic until there's some proof like chris is kind of like that I feel like I'm more like that with the UFOs and aliens because I honestly don't know if there is something else out there in other worlds or if it's something here that, and this is more a conspiracy, that's something here that we're trying to hide. Either technology from another country or technology that shouldn't exist or even technology that somehow did end up on Earth. I don't know. It's it's hard for me to explain because, like, I don't know if I... I think I'm more scared of aliens than ghosts. You know what I mean? Like, I would probably rather go and spend an hour in a haunted house or a haunted museum like we, we've done than go sit in a field and look for UFOs. You know what I mean? Like, that scares me. Like, that really, really makes me nervous. I think I find it interesting, honestly. I mean, obviously, the abductions part I, I wouldn't enjoy but you know if we if they're ever like they ever found out you know emphatically that there is something else out there that i would be i would be excited i'd be like, oh that's 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 awesome yeah so it's weird because i think we're we're completely opposite from what we are with paranormal like i think you're more nervous about the paranormal than i am like how you describe like oh i think it'll be interesting like i think it'll be kind of interesting to see that or experience that and that's how i feel about the paranormal but you don't because you're just like yeah this isn't cool why can't we just burn this place down the fact that there's a lot of stories of things that for some reason or another never move on and i don't like that idea i don't like the thought of something that's just stuck right like it's stuck there forever like it's never going to go away it's going to just constantly be just floating around freaking people out like randomly or whatever and i'm like "Uh, i'm not okay with that now things coming from other planets or whatever that doesn't scare me as much because i'm like well the further along that humans get in technology and stuff like that the more likely they are going to find something else right 
and that's not it's not an intangible thing like if it if it occurs you'll know and you'll be able to see it and and experience it and everybody will see it i I can see what you're saying it's it's kind of uh it's weird because i think with ghosts and paranormal it's kind of a end it's one of those things where it's an end to something but and maybe a new beginning and that new beginnings you're not sure of, whereas something with like the aliens or UFOs or seeing something in the sky and experiencing it in that way, it's not an ending to something. It's something new. It's a new experience. It's a new adventure. So it, it's something that's happening to you personally versus where a ghost thing could be almost interpretive. Like, oh, did we hear a whisper? Did we see a, a shadow? It's It's almost all intangible where it seems like these stories with ufos and pictures and everything are a little bit more tangible and the re and another thing is like the the things with spirits and things like that it has like an air of sadness to it at the same time because it's like the reason why they're there is because something horrible happened to that person or in that place it's not because you know ghosts don't don't usually have like a happy story yeah, I guess so you're. It, it's usually something terrible. Like, yeah, I guess you're, you're right like about a, the people you know, staying like a around. Burned down and like thirty people died or something, and then you see a bunch of ghosts. It's like, yeah, they died in a terrible, traumatic way, and now there's, you know, if if that stuff is is real, then their spirits are just they're trapped there and they're never going to be able to go. Is is my my kind of way of looking at it and. I get it. I get it. And I think for me, now, with you saying that, I think I'm more scared with the whole aliens and UFOs. And I don't I've always been like that since I was a kid, too. Like, I remember watching Sightings and Unsolved Mysteries. And any time they were always talking about UFOs, it would freak me out. But you know why? Because, and I watch Sightings all the time, too, when I was, when I was younger. And the reason why is because they make it seem creepy. They, they give it that air of creepiness. And yeah, I think some of it's... it probably would be creepy because all they're ever talking about is like, oh, that's, it's mysterious. It's, you don't know what they're there to do. Like, you hear people giving these traumatic stories about, oh, I was abducted. I had things injected into me and I was subjected to tests. But think about it if they, if they portrayed it in a totally different way, it'd be like, oh, okay, then we're, we're talking more like a scientific breakthrough. You well, know? Let me let me tell you this story. I think I've told you this story before, but I'm not sure. I, I know I've told a few people. So and I wrote it in and I was anonymous. So if anyone's heard the story on Monsters Among Us, that's who I turned it into. So this is my story. I was and I should ask my brother about this, but when I was a kid, my brother and I used to make these like during the summer we used to have this pull out couch. And we used to make forts out of it. Like we were always like climbing over this this couch my parents had, one of those sectionals, cloth sectionals. And we would make forts out of the cushions and put blankets over it. And we were right by the, the big picture window in the living room that overlooked the yard. And we would have like the window open, get some fresh air in during the summer. And it's a small town, so you know, people had their windows open. We had a screen on and everything, but like we had this huge cactus. I forgot what it's called, but it's a one of these cactuses where it has like the flat leaves and really, really spiky needles. 
and it was it came up halfway up the the window so people couldn't get in and I remember one year and it was so creepy now I wear glasses so when I sleep of course I don't wear my glasses and I remember one night we were out in the living room I remember my brother was on like he had the cushions like on the floor and he had a little four and I was just on the pull-out bed and I remember thinking that the room was so bright and I look out of the window and the neighbors had this three-foot fence that separated our yards and I saw this head peek around and then it just got closer and closer and this thing walked towards us and I was watching through the window and then I hid under the blanket but like I kind of like kept my eyes open and it it leaned in and looked into the house and I I freaked out I just remember like closing my eyes and being like I don't want to see this I don't want to see this now I'm a, I was a kid I think I was like 10 or 8 9 10 years old I was really young and so you know what it could have been a dream it could have been anything and I just remember it was like it was about three foot and to me it glowed like a yellow greenish glow and I remember um later there was a peeping tom in our neighborhood and the neighbors had caught the the guy but before he caught caught he would sneak into people's backyards and look in their windows and one night my brother had said he saw someone peeking in the window and so my mom freaked out and thought it was this peeping tom and so I had called my dad and I remember my brother was saying like no it was a guy he was a man on fire and that's how he described him. He said he was a man. He looked like a man, but he was on fire. And so we both saw this weird creature-like man. And to me, because I had no glasses on, it looked like he was glowing. But to my brother, who has, the, like, they called it sniper vision. He had, like, 15-15 um, eyesight. He looked like he was on fire, like, like flames. And later, oh, it must have been about a year, two years later, we were in Missouri visiting family and I remember this so clearly that I was they had this room with twin beds and it was the guest room and I remember I was in one bed my brother was in another and my parents were in another guest room and I remember that I was in the bed closest to the door that opened into like this this living room and I again it was I was awake I know I was awake I didn't have my glasses on and I saw this bright light coming from the hallway and it was the glowing, same type of kind of humanoid glowing person. And it kept going, like it got, it got closer and closer. And then finally I just like went under my covers and I just shut my eyes. And the next thing I know it was morning. Don't remember anything else. I might be remembering this wrong, but I could have sworn my brother said that he had woken up and he saw the same thing that same night and it was at the end of my bed because he he was on the opposite and he was on his side and he opened his eyes and it, he saw the man on fire and he was looking over me like he was bent over me looking at me and I was under the covers and to this day I remember I talked to my mom about it so I sent in the story to Monsters Among Us and to this day I 
remember it's clear as a bell and I told my mom like hey I sent in that story you remember this story and she's like yeah you know I remember you both kept seeing like kept telling us that you saw this man on fire quote unquote and my mom had called my brother and said hey you know Leslie sent in that story to this podcast and my brother did not want to talk about it he's like I don't want to talk about that I don't want to talk about the man on fire like he still won't talk about it and I kind of curious to bring it up but he's very adamant like I don't want to talk about it but to this day, I don't know what we saw. And honestly, I think that's why I have this fear of aliens. Because in my head, I don't know if it was an alien, but it was something. And it wasn't a dream because my brother and I both saw it at different times, but we both saw it. And it is to this day, it still creeps me out. Like, it's so clear. Like, you know how when you're a kid and you don't remember certain things? Like, you could be like, oh, I think, you know... I remember this when I was young, like that I remember so dang clearly. And it's like one of the clearest memories I have as, as like an eight, nine year old. And then later when I was like 11, 12, when we were in Missouri. That's crazy. That's yeah. a good story though. It's, I will tell you, it was one of those stories where it was like a recovered memory in a sense of, I forgot about it for a couple of years. And then I forgot what I was talking, who I was talking to. And someone was talking about uh, these alien um, stories. And I think it was like someone was abducted, something in New York. And they were talking about um, this glow around like spacecrafts and stuff. And, and it, for some reason, it just clicked in my head. Like it, it just clicked, like it, it all came flooding back. Like it felt like I forgot about that for years. And then just someone said about a glowing spaceship and it just... Phew, and I just remember that whole night, whole couple of nights. But I think that's why I don't like aliens and alien stories. I really, they really do. I mean, there's some fun, creepy stuff like, ooh, it's a ghost story. But aliens, like right now, it's twilight outside. If we go any later in this podcast, I would have to tell you, like, I'm not looking forward to editing this tonight. I'm already going to tell you that right now. Because <laughs> these stories really do creep me out. Oh, I'll have to do more of those stories then because you getting creeped out is kind of like one of the fun parts of this. Oh, I'm surprised that you haven't done like more of the the UFO, UFO stories. That's I think it, the reason. I think the reason why we don't do them is they're kind of like the ghost stories. They kind of become the same similar. story. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I can do Men in Black stories. And I could even do like Bermuda Triangle or Oh, They Think It's Alien Stories. Those stories I can kind of do. It's something with me about the adoption stories, the firsthand account. I it is so scary to me. Well, yeah, I mean that's the they're they're scary stories, but like I'm just imagine that like if they had somebody say like, oh, you know, I was visited by aliens and they just kind of sat, they just came up to me and they just started communicating with me or something like that. Still right? creepy. Like nothing, nothing, nothing ominous about it. They just talked. Yeah, still creepy though. Was. Yeah, if you definitely want to creep me out, definitely do some more abduction stories. Will do. <laughs> so, good stories tonight. Yeah, that was actually that was actually pretty good. I'm I'm honestly not even probably going to sleep that well tonight. Now I'm not I'm not even kidding. I'll just go watch some Ghost Hunters or something like that. I'll sure, I'm sure you'll be fine. Oh, right? Like, fall asleep to the Zodiac movie like I usually do? There you go. 
So do we have a legendary listener that we got to get a shout out to today? Yes, we do. We got some new listeners in Baja, California. Woot, woot. Woot, woot. Thank you for listening, Baja, California. We appreciate it. Yes, we do. It's so exciting. I, I'm not going to lie. I love getting notifications of like, hey, you got a new listener. I'm like, yay, welcome. Hopefully you like us. You know, here, here's a, a, a suggestion to our listeners. If anybody wants to like, you know, give us a hit up on our Instagram page or uh, Facebook page or whatever, how would anybody feel about like say like if we like did like some kind of merchandise like if anybody wants would be interested in some things like you know like t-shirts or something like that you know something with the logo with for legends in the dark or something like that yeah let us know if maybe like you were thinking that you would like some merchandise from legends in the dark I think we were talking about it, but we just don't know what's popular. Like, I seem to think that people like hats, people like mugs, maybe just someone like a sticker because our logo is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. But, yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you like. Or, hey, if you want a legendary listener shout-out, hit us up. Tell us about yourself. Tell us your favorite creepy story. And maybe we'll share it and we'll give you a shout-out. If anybody has any good UFO stories to creep Leslie the hell out, then let's go ahead and get those done. Get those in. Oh my gosh, yeah. Those are creepy for me. Okay, well, I guess uh, take us home, Jay. This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I'm Leslie. Your purveyors of the paranormal and the curators of the creepy. We wish you a good evening and... Keep your eye on the skies and an open mind. Good night. Good night.